thinking for Excuse seconds, of like eleven. Why? Why eleven? It's like me saying, "Let's clap on 17. and then <laughs> yeah, I realized, "Oh, I minutes." Like, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, yeah. Absolutely. And speaking of happy notes, welcome in to episode 68 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. My name is Bloody Drongo and I'm hosting today. And alongside me, we have FG Squared and 2D Kiri. How are you today, FG? Hello. Hi, good morning. Um, I, I am awake. It's very early. It's seven o'clock in the morning, but I am reasonably awake and doing pretty all right. Nice. And how are you, Kiri? Same, actually. It's not as early for me. It's an hour later. But yeah, yeah, just rolled out of bed. I'm somewhat awake. Somewhat awake is pretty much all the way there. So <laughs> we'll take it. Um, and it is, of course, an important day today. It is May the 4th, um, which has just been pointed out to me, even though for me, it is the afternoon and I did not even realize it didn't even clock it at all. I think that's fine. Un yeah, unpopular it's okay. opinion. I think that's totally fine. Yeah. Also, also, <laughs> so, so, slight background. Um, to sync our recordings, we use a website called Time.is, and it actually calls out what day of the like, what special day of the year it is, and it is apparently also World Password Day today. So, um, yeah, remember to change your passwords and use a password manager. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> wow there you go yeah they have re they really do have a day for just about everything they, a world passport mm, day. yeah apparently so i i guess i don't know if you champion a course you just pick a day and you just like take a you take a dart and you just throw it at a calendar and then just like ah oh, yeah all right september 21st all right now this is i don't know old eggnog day or something like that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> That's getting real niche. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Oh, oh God. Are, um, are, are either of you Star Wars fans? No. I was at some point. But... Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really want to go into this again. Um, <laughs> Boba Fett... Oh, my, sorry. No, no, I didn't okay. realize just, this just was retraining Too long, ground. didn't read. Uh, Boba Fett is my favorite character. Was my favorite character until the show. The show was so bad. I am oh. still very upset about it. I haven't watched any Star Wars since. I don't think I will. Oh, no. Yes. I'm, I'm very salty about it. That's a shame. So I I didn't really grow up with Star Wars. Um, I'm more of a Star Trek person. That's like what I watched when I was a kid, uh, like Toss reruns. Yep. And then um, new, new Next Generation when that came out. So yeah, I'm more of a I'm more of a Trek person. For me, it's kind of like Trek Gate Wars in terms of stars, I guess, or star, I guess, <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, no, that I've I've been known to enjoy certain Star Wars things. I I've tried to get into some, into some of the new TV shows. Some of them I really can't get into. Um, really enjoy the Mandalorian though. Been watching that yeah. recently. The new season. I, yeah, sorry. Season three. Okay. No, no, good. Yeah. The, so I 
I I kind of grew up with a bit more Star Wars. FG, just quickly, were your parents Trekkies? Is that how you kind of got into it? No, but my one of my best friends in elementary school, her mum was like a diehard Trekkie and Leonard uh. Nimoy fan. So every time I was over at her house in the afternoon, they'd have the Toss and the TNG reruns and uh, gotcha. we'd sit down and watch it at her house. So yeah, yeah I've seen all episodes of Toss like multiple times like <laughs> as a kid and that sort of stuff. The only reason I ask is because I think uh, of all the Trekkies I know, almost every single one of them has been brought into the fandom uh, through their parents very young or like 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 you said like a you know a friend of a friend or an aunt or an uncle or something who was already into it and kind of like passed that down mm. uh, which i think is actually really really wholesome um for that for the for the fandom of star it's trek a, it's a um, fandom that's been around for like so long at this point if you really think yeah. about it it's it's crazy like you can have like literally like probably three four generations like by now like all be fans and they all like were like you know i don't know teenagers or whatever when there was a star trek show or movies uh happening right now it's it's crazy to think how it's been such a pop culture staple for so long absolutely yeah i i yeah but i i suppose for me personally i grew up with star wars like the phantom menace was the first movie i ever went to the movie theater with my dad to see oh, when i was a kid that's so, cute. so i'm one of those outspoken Sorry. people that says like the that are that second star wars trilogy um is is actually underrated it's actually you know not as bad as people love to hate on it for <laughs> but I'm not really a, a diehard Star Wars fan. I've only recently gotten around to watching like The Mandalorian and uh, I've just recently finished watching Andor as well. And I thought Mandalorian was pretty good, but Andor was actually really enjoyable. I liked that one a lot. I can't get into um, it. It starts so slowly. Like we tried three episodes and we just, I, I, it just didn't hold my attention. But everybody keeps telling me you just have to get through <laughs> the first three episodes and then it gets really good. Uh. And I'm like, oh, I mean, really? I... <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, it is definitely a, a different tempo kind of show, but I'm also not somebody who really wants like a lot of action and stuff. And I felt like for me personally, part of why I didn't enjoy The Mandalorian more was it felt a little bit more shallow in terms of the narrative uh, aspects mm -hmm. of it. Mm. Um, although that said, I actually really, really enjoyed, and out of all of the Mandalorian seasons, I actually really enjoyed the third one. The third one to me was the most interesting. So, um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, each to their own, right? With these mm. things. No, I, I think what, what my problem with Andor is I feel so disconnected from what's going on because I, I don't really understand what's going on because they kind of just throw you into it. Right. Like. They, they, mm -hmm. it feels like they expect you to know so much background knowledge that I just don't have that I, I don't know. I, I have just such a hard time getting into it, but then people do say I should, should like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I just need to like force myself to sit through it because, um, obviously it, it is, it is really closely connected to Rogue One. Right. And I really enjoyed Rogue yeah. One. Like Rogue One was fantastic. So maybe maybe rogue one is probably my favorite 
of all of the Star Wars films. Same. As a standalone yeah, movie. Yeah, same. And yeah, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I just need to give it a, like, I don't know, another chance. Maybe it deserves, maybe Andor deserves another chance. Might as well do it now since we still have a Disney Plus subscription. So <laughs> I suppose Make get some value it. out of that. <laughs> right? <laughs> hmm. Is there any other sci-fi fandoms that you're a part of now that you have uh, resigned and handed in your Star Wars <laughs> fan card? Actually, well, actually, you know what? I totally forgot because there's also, well, Starship Troopers. I love sci-fi, right? Like, I really do. Like, <laughs> I, I really like sci-fi. I really do. Like, as I said, Star Trek, Stargate, like the Starship Troopers universe was really, really cool. Uh, and that sort of stuff. So I, 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 yeah, sci-fi, heck yeah. Expanse was fantastic. Like all of that. Give me, give me, give me space. I'm like the opposite. Like normally Kiri and I are like totally the same, but I think this is a topic where we're like polar opposites. Absolutely. And it's really funny. But yeah, I really love sci-fi. It's really funny. And you're confusing the listeners even more because Drongo asked me a question. You answered just, just to make sure <laughs> I- I'm Kiri. <laughs> and the other person is FG. FG, say hi. Hi, I'm FG right. Kiri, I think. No. <laughs> I was trying to clarify. Oh, anyway, um, uh, fun side note. Uh, sci-fi is not my favorite genre. It's just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. But funny enough, when you mentioned um, or asked FG if her parents got her into Star Trek, my dad got me into Star Wars and that explains then why uh. I never really watched Star Trek. I mean, he did watch Stargate, but I wasn't interested in that. So, I don't know. Yeah. Sci-fi, I, I can't explain it. I don't, like, it's not that I don't like it. I've watched, like, two Star Trek movies, I think. And, but I don't know. All that space stuff. To be fair, I don't think any of the Star Trek movies are particularly good. I, no, the TV shows are better, I think. Honestly, yeah. don't remember them, but I, I don't know. Something about the whole setting doesn't grab me. I want mm. it to be realistic. Also, I like mm-hmm. drama. Well, have, I mean, have either of you ever watched Battlestar Galactica? Because that's the fan base that I most closely align myself because I don't, I've never watched Star Trek and I don't really care for Star Wars that much. Like, I don't have particularly strong feelings for it. But Battlestar Galactica is is my jam. That is like one of the few TV shows I own like DVDs for, physical <laughs> DVDs. And I basically don't own physical anything mm. for anything. Yeah. So that's kind of a big deal for me. No, never watched uh, it. Battlestar Galactica. I tried. I tried with the uh, with the newer one, and it, it. I don't know. It doesn't grab me. Though, um, you know that you're bringing up older sci-fi, Farscape and Babylon Five. Mwah, yes, please. I did enjoy Farscape. I don't think I've seen Babylon 5, though. Oh, I would recommend it. It's fun. It's good. I like it. I like it. I enjoyed that one, too. But, I mean, the the whole reason that came to mind for me then was with you mentioning, Kiri, that you kind of like a more slightly more realistic setting and a bit more drama. I think Battlestar Galactica is really, really good in that perspective mm-hmm. because it is a bit more of a, a dramatization rather than like a sci-fi kind of action very heavily kind of oriented around i guess less uh i guess less realistic kind of Mm. scenarios that sounds promising but 
Mm. Actually, the moment I said it, I like realistic things. It, I like fantasy too, and that's not realistic. So I don't forget that. <laughs> oh like, no, but I mean, like that's a different setting, right? Like that's just it a, is a different yeah. setting, but it's also not realistic. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, or is it not? Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah, um, right. Yeah, I don't know. Something about the whole space shenanigans. I don't care about. So yeah, I I find space really cool and really fascinating. So I think that helps. Definitely. Because like sci-fi is like the only way I'll ever get to really explore quote unquote because it's obviously it's not real space because like, I don't know, I, I really like space. But I also like fantasy. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, they're not exclusive. Really... They're, yeah. They're for yeah, me, yeah. but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I'm, I definitely fall into both categories. Like, I love both sci-fi and um, fantasy settings. You know, from I your stream, really distinguish much between the two. From your stream, I would have never noticed. I don't. I you know, I, I'm pretty sure you have a really big hateful relationship with Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose that is true. I do kind of wear some of my fandoms on my sleeve in that respect yeah i do love lord of the rings me too though one of my greatest loves it is just so such an amazing world and i just yeah i just really enjoy it same i'm so sad i won't be playing golem Mm, Ah. yeah oh why won't the camera simulation sickness like i I won't be able to i'm so sad about it I'm really, I'm really curious to see what story they're going to tell with that game. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm really curious because, like, what, what, like, I get it. Like, we're, we're learning more about Gollum, and I like that. But then I, I found it really curious this whole discussion about, um, you know, the Sindarin DLC and that sort of stuff, and how there's already already so much Sindarin in the game, and then you can have even more with the DLC. And I'm like. But I'm playing Gollum. Why is there so much Elvish? I want to know more. Tell me. Let me play this game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, we we did actually talk about this um, the other day. I, I was talking about this the other day, and I think it's really interesting the the fact that they went to so much trouble to make so much more extra content in an entirely other language that they need to charge uh, DLC for. It. Assuming that there is a reasonable amount there. Mm. It, it does raise a lot of questions in my mind as well as to, okay, what what kind of, what what is the setting going to be here? Yeah, because we don't really know much, right? There's not really been like extended gameplay or anything like that or plot spoilers or anything like that. Or maybe I've just been really good at avoiding them because that's definitely a game I'm excited for. <clears throat> mm. And I also think from a, from a lore perspective, even though... I think the Lord of the Rings books and the the Hobbit book give a little bit of an idea of like Smeagol's background in between like him acquired before he acquired the ring and then after it you know, he lived for you know a hundred years and it, it does we, there's still a lot of stuff that he would have gotten up to that we don't really know about so assuming if it's in that period before he meets Frodo in the actual Lord of the Rings setting, or maybe it's after that somehow, or, well, actually, no, I just realized what a stupid thing that is to say, <laughs> unless he somehow survives Mount Doom. Probably not, though. Question yeah. Mark. I don't know. Like, I mean, there could be there could be so much, right? It could, like, it could be his journey from, like, 
how he grew up to getting the ring to how he then you know made it under the mountain and where he then met Bilbo mm. which is which is a really intriguing thing because it it, it kind of makes you play like that would be that would be a game that kind of then makes you play an anti-hero and that's mm -hmm. kind of cool it is that would be a very cool kind of perspective to to put you in as a player yeah i like that idea uh, i'm excited for that game there's so many cool games coming out in the next months what's something that's on your radar kiri all right, so Darkest Dungeon 2 coming out next week. Mm -hmm. um, yes, very excited. Yes. I realized that Diablo 4 is just releasing in a month. That surprised me. True. Oh, yeah, that must be really exciting for you. That's true, yeah. L lots of people are excited about Zelda 2. I forgot what it's called. Like Breath of, Breath of the Wild uh, 2. Of Thank the you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then there's more coming in summer. It's just exciting oh yeah 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 we're getting up to I'm... the to the period i suppose where just before summer where the games come out and then we'll head the head, head into the summer lull a little bit i guess um which is totally good because i'm gonna travel a lot again so mm, same yeah <laughs> it's fine that's i'm i'm not going to be <laughs> <laughs> But that's okay. Um, but I'm happy for you both. But we'll meet you in Vegas. Yes. Not in summer, but... That you will, which I am yeah. looking forward to. It still counts. It's Australian. It's almost Australian summer, so it counts. Right? <laughs> Sorry? October. What? <laughs> it's like almost Australian oh, summer. Oh, uh, yeah, October, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah is, is is pretty much Australian summer. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, so it counts. Yeah. It's still summer. Good point. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> okay, well... Uh, let's go to a quick break, and when we come back, we will be talking about games that we've been playing recently. Okay, and welcome back from the break. Uh, it's me, your host, Bloody Drongo, and I am joined by FG and 2D Kiri. Uh, and we are going to be talking about what games we've been playing lately. And I know, Kiri, you have been playing a game which I have been pretty interested in. And I was lucky enough to catch you playing some last night. Um, but why don't you tell us about Shogunners? Oh, absolutely. First off, I'm honestly surprised by how much I like this game and enjoy it. Because I was sent a review key for it. And I thought, yeah, okay, it's a tactical turn-based combat game. Sure, I like those. Let's give it a try. But it, I, I don't know. I, hmm. I was a bit on the fence, honestly. If if I had lots of other things to do, I probably would have skipped it. But it is so cool. I love the premise of it. So it's a bit in the future, totally dystopian, and you play as Scarlet, a female bounty hunter, um, in a high stakes game show so the, you win prize money but she doesn't care about the prize money we find that out early on so she's in that game show having to dodge traps um having to fight against ex-prisoners who want to kill her because that's that's it right you've got defenders who try to kill you and you need to make your way through several episodes and the, the whole game is basically you watching and playing this TV show. Um, you have help from other characters. 
um, they they cycled through basically. And there's two different phases of gameplay. One is the turn-based combat. So whenever you're ambushed, whenever you go into a fighting arena, turn-based combat, which is really fun because you have different characters and you can swap weapons, you have skills. Every character has a skill tree as well. You level up, you get experience, and you also get fame for killing, I don't know, lots of people in one round or killing them in a funny way. Maybe with help of another character or, I don't know, you just go up and smash them in the head or something. So you get extra fame points for doing these things. And and then with enough fame, you unlock the next tier of fame and you can select one out of three sponsorships for weird things in the game. It's really funny. And then you, and then nice. you get maybe, I don't know, an implant for more health or something. It's, it's really funny. And then the other aspect or the other gameplay, I don't know, phase loop is you in real time with a basically top down camera, you traverse that game show, you traverse the level and you actually effectively have to dodge the traps or disarm the traps. So there could be um, mines and you and they um, they blink in red and green in a certain pattern. Also, those patterns change, and then you have to click it when it's green to disarm it, for example. And sometimes those traps are hard to see because there's a loot box behind it, and you just see the loot box and you run straight forward and you get hit by a trap. <laughs> so it's, it's really funny and very engaging, I find. And then you also have um, an audience from the game show just standing off to the side and then they scream at you hey please come over i want an autograph and then you go over there and they have no clue who you are because your fame is not high enough but you still give an autograph and there's also <laughs> there's also different dialogue options with that so you could be you could be funny you could be friendly you could be uh, very rude to them and then you get different personality points which tie in with what sponsorships will be available once you have enough fame it's Gotcha. It's really cool. I love the world that I've made. And you can find out so many so many tidbits about why everybody's here and what's going on in the world. And I'm so intrigued. I've played three. Did I finish the third? Yes. I'm in the fourth episode now of the game show. I honestly forgot how many there are. But lots more. And it's really cool. I love it. It's very brutal though. Super gory. And Kind of a lot of swearing as well. But it's awesome. Honestly, I like it so, 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 so much. Highly recommend. I, I have to say I have... Uh, I did enjoy watching you play it last night. And I am an absolute sucker for games that kind of revolve around that uh, turn-based model as well. The, the gameplay itself plays or it looks like it plays fairly similarly to XCOM in some respects. Yes, also with a hit and chance. That is one of my Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the I classic got, hit I, chance. I got XCOM yesterday. I missed three oh, times no. shot with seventy five percent chance to hit. I missed three times. Never lucky. Yeah. Nope. Nope. That's uh that's heartbreaking. <laughs> it was it was rough. But sorry to interrupt. Yes, X XCOM style games. Yeah, uh, and they're some of my favorite games of all time. And yeah, anything that is in that, uh, in that kind of realm is something that I tend to like 
pay attention to and i like like you mentioned the world around it as well seems to be pretty compelling as well it's not just you know going in and doing like a mission per se but it's a whole different sort of setting and um the interactions around it seem pretty fun absolutely it's really great uh, to shift gears from Kiri becoming an influencer in a game, um, <laughs> basically murdering yeah, people yeah. Uh, to get her sponsorships, uh, we can move over to FG um, being an influencer, but uh, killing zombies this time. Uh, tell us about Dead Island 2, uh, FG Squared. Yeah, so Dead Island 2 came out, like, oh God, by now a couple of weeks ago, I guess. And it's like, it's like actually out. It's like, it's you know, it's like this game, it was on, like, it was announced, like, ages ago. Ages ago, I think, oh God, I want to say, like, eight years ago or something stupid like that, or maybe even longer than that. And it was, like, a development hell for a really long time, and it's out now. It's available, and you can play it. It's, um, it's, it's a Dead Island game. You fight zombies, and you decapitate them and mutilate them in the most glorious of ways and it is it is delightful <laughs> <laughs> the story itself is nah you know negligible um nothing to write home about really but it's not really with with dead island it's not really about the story um it's just about you know offing zombies in the most absurd way like kicking them off rooftops and uh, just things like that right it's just it's just good old zombie mutilation fun and um yeah no i had a really good time with it i i played it through on stream um i didn't do all of the site content it's fairly short it only took me about 17 hours to finish 17 um <laughs> yeah but for the price tag it's it's very short so i would not recommend picking it up right now i would probably recommend waiting until it goes on sale because it is heckin expensive um because it is like full price plus for 17 hours which is pretty mm. rough really yeah yeah mm. it is really rough so i wouldn't recommend picking it up right now but like it's fun um as i said like if you just want to if you just want to murder some zombies um it ran really well for me on my system um i had no like crashes or stutter or anything like that and it's it's co-op as well so you can play it together and um uh, I guess the one thing that's important to note um, that some people will care about, it's Epic exclusive right now. So um, I'm sure some people will be upset about that. <laughs> so I felt like yeah. I should mention it. But it's it's fun. Like, it's it's good. Like, it's, it's not amazing. It's not a game I'm going to, like, replay for the story or anything like that. But I had fun. Um, I really like the main character that I played, at, uh, played as because she's like this. Um, so you have lots of characters to choose from, but I played as Danny who's this Irish rockabilly chick with like lots of tattoos, green hair, and uh, just constantly like, you know, like Dead Island style, like just quir- like quipping like these these quirky one-liners and all that sort of stuff. And it was just, it was just fun, right? It was like, it wasn't like a moving game. The story wasn't moving or profound or anything like that, but it was just fun. <laughs> and yeah, no, I had a good time with it. Sounds cool, honestly. Just murdering zombies. Yeah exactly yeah and like chopping off limbs and heads and like uh i don't know drop kicking them off buildings and all that sort of stuff you know sometimes that can that can be really (laughs) therapeutic (laughs) i can see that yeah Yeah. no i had i had a great fun Uh, time with it 
it's something I'm definitely looking forward to checking out. I do have a key here sat waiting for me, so I will get around to playing it at some point in the near future, I dare say. Um, but yeah, I do like a good bit of casual zombie killing fun. See, me too. Um, but something... Right? That's the thing. And uh, we didn't really have that many first-person ones recently come out. I mean, there was Dying Light 2 last year, mm. but that was also a bit disappointing. So it's it's good to have options. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I have also been murdering uh, my way through random miscellaneous things, including both uh, people and zombies, um, but this time in Darkest Dungeon, <laughs> which has been a game that I have uh, recently picked up. I know I'm very, very late to the the show on this, but if you're not familiar with Darkest Dungeon, it is a turn-based strategy game where you manage a a party of four and you need to make your way through a, uh, a series of dungeons. Um, it's like a 2D kind of side-scrolling sort of st art style and it has... Is it cel-shaded? I think it would be sort of cel-shaded. I think that's yeah, the art style. Yeah, I think style. so. I'm not yeah, sure. partially cel-shaded for sure. Yeah. But it has a very unique and striking kind of visual style to it which is um very kind of grim dark aesthetic and yeah i i've only just gotten to it i did briefly pick it up once years ago i think it was actually after i saw kiri playing it in 2019 yeah. or something and i picked it up and i played it for about 20 minutes and just got completely overwhelmed and then just kind of didn't think about it again after that so Went back to it this week and, man, I have had so much fun with it already and I had to really fend off the cravings to play more <laughs> while I was working on stuff today because, oh, man, it was just, it was so much fun and the learning curve on it as well. As I've found lately with a lot of games where they tend to be ones that are quite almost masochistic in the learning curve that they present you, I've been finding a lot of joy in throwing myself into the deep end and having chat alongside me to kind of help me work out the bits that I can't work out and just, you know, going to town and seeing what happens. And yeah, I've just been absolutely loving it. So Darkest Dungeon, 10 out of 10 recommend. I'm so happy to hear that. Darkest Dungeon yeah, Darkest is one of my favorite games. It's so good. It's fantastic. I've never finished it though. Like I always get into it and I, I start a run and I get like 20, 30 hours into a run and then it's like, I get distracted. I've never finished Darkest Dungeon. I have all the DLCs. I've never finished it, but it's a, it's a fantastic game, and I'm so looking forward to the second one coming out because, um, the second one obviously they changed it up a little bit and they made it into a mm -hmm. please don't kill me blind roguelite. <laughs> <And Yeah. laughs> I I that that type of um, gameplay progression sits a little bit better with me than OG Darkest Dungeon. I'm so excited for Darkest Dungeon mm -hmm. 2, though. Oh, my God, I can't wait. It's more forgiving that way. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, roguelites I, I, are, yeah, because there's always progress, even if you fail, exactly. and I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it as well, and that was really the catalyst to me going, oh, crap, I still haven't played Darkest Dungeon mm -hmm. 1. I really need to sneak that in mm -hmm. there. And I am getting in, like, last minute because it's, like, releases first thing next week. <laughs> yeah, Monday, right, <laughs> so yeah. Better late than never, I suppose. <laughs> 
but that that is actually a, a good point actually i think that there from what i've heard from people who have played both games now is that the they're different enough to provide uh an experience that is not exactly comparable and that means that darkest dungeon in of itself is still going to be a game that's worth going back to and playing for that specific experience where darkest dungeon 2 has a different experience which you can go to and enjoy that way it's not as if darkest dungeon then becomes uh irrelevant because there's a new game that's come out which i think is kind of yeah good. it's great no Absolutely. i actually really like it because it does it does slightly different things but at the same time because um you do have a lot of the same classes and moves there is the, there's this familiarity like if you it, it feels like and, and they somehow managed to do this it feels like coming home yeah like because it, it is it is it is mm -hmm. hits exactly for me personally it hits the exact same mood you have the same people you learn more about their backstories and all that sort of stuff and i just oh it's great i can't wait to dig into it and the music is so good and the oh the narrator voice oh, acting like yes. uh wayne june oh he's oh, brilliant so good yeah. yeah absolutely incredible next level voice acting honestly yeah. it is iconic really is is the the, the aspect with Darkest Dungeon, obviously from a visual perspective, one of the um, things that they've done is they've added in a more 3D kind of uh, dimension to it. Is that something that either of you are expecting to have any issues in terms of simulation sickness or that have you experienced anything like that if you've already given it a try? The cart controls were a bit iffy at first, but because like the default cart settings are a bit blurred when you steer it because it's really wobbly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can fix that, and everything else for me was fine. Okay. Like it's just the ca the card, like yeah, the controls are just really weird. Um, so play around with those if you feel sick when you're driving the card around, because you have to like in Darkest Dungeon two, you have to physically drive a card through a um, landscape that like scrolls at you, like a normal racing game basically. Mm -hmm. Like you have to just drive down the thing, and um, yeah, the card controls feel a bit odd at first, but you can adjust like steering sensitivity and turning radius and all that sort of stuff and yeah after that it was completely fine for me i want to say same That's... i don't remember feeling bad playing it so it must be okay yeah cool. i can't recall you having said That's anything when we played the early access thank you i'm glad my second half remembers everything it's like <laughs> i don't thank you <laughs> but usually i don't have problems with racing games so it should be fine mm, true yeah yeah gotcha gotcha all right. Um, well, why don't you tell us, Kiri, about Age of Wonders 4, which looks very shiny, but I'm keen to hear what you thought. Yeah, gladly. I've played one stream so far and it's good. It's it's an, it's an very shiny. It's it's a very pretty uh, 4X game, turn-based, hexagons. Um, the music is nice as well. I, I don't have any issues with it. I also don't really have much more to say, honestly. I think it's my first Age of Wonders. I don't remember because my brain doesn't work like that. I don't remember ever playing another one. Um, I like going into it. They have a, a Frostling race. So obviously I'm playing the Frostlings. I've got Ice Magic and stuff. It's really cool. Um, it reminded me of Master of Magic. Um, and funnily enough, people have asked me if I like Age of Wonders 4 more or... Spellforce Conquest of Eo, because it's it's also 4X, rather similar. 
I can't really put my finger on it, but I like Age of Wonders 4 more. I can't really say why, but it's just better for me, super subjectively. Um, it's fun. I'm going to stream more of it. Probably not too much more, uh, seeing as the directory is like absolutely bursting out of the seams. It's it's honestly very enjoyable. Yeah. Mm. It, it's de it definitely caught my eye. I've not personally played any Age of Wonders games before, but from a visual perspective, it looks so crisp yeah. and uh, very, very pretty. And that was kind of what caught my eye. Not just the fact that it seems like a load of people that I'm following pl are playing it right now, but it does look very visually very pretty. But um, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully it's good. Have you had a chance to uh, check out uh, Age of Wonders yet, FG? Or have you had any thoughts on it? I, I don't know what it is. The Age of Wonders series is not quite my jam which is really odd because it's 4x and fantasy so it should totally be my jam but i don't know i i didn't get into planet fall when that came out you know years ago so i haven't really mm -hmm. i re didn't really put effort in into getting a key for four um as i said it does look it does look pretty it looks really pretty but it's i don't know for some reason it's it's never drawn me in and i i can't put my like i can't put my finger on why <laughs> it just hasn't yeah there's, there's actually one cool thing that i just remembered about the game uh, you can select your race when you start a game one out of i don't know how many a lot but you could also make your own and that's really cool that is cool oh, that is cool that's yeah fun. that's yeah. cool very good um well FG, why don't you tell us about uh, Roots of Pacha? Yeah, so Roots of Pacha came out last week. You've played it too, right, Kiri? Yeah, about, well, three hours, I think. <laughs> mm, mm. But yes. Yeah, so Roots of, pa Roots of Pacha is like a very loosely Stone Age-inspired life sim. And I say Stone Age-inspired because it is, it is definitely not adhering to what actually went down in the western european or in the european stone age that's for sure because you look gross stuff <laughs> from like i don't know you make like um i don't know you grow tomatoes and potatoes and sweet potatoes and quinoa and all that sort of stuff that didn't even exist in the stone age over here basically and you make like i don't know when you cook you make like empanadas and then that sort of stuff like it's like it's really odd um they do say that at the start I, because I, I have ranted about this before I started the game. I was like, yeah, me as an archaeologist, this kind of hurts. I have to really, really, really suspend my disbelief to get into this game because they're they're mm. kind of not really kicking the Stone Age, but like as I said, like it's it's really not Stone Age realistically at all. Um, but um, they they take stuff from all over the planet. Like um, they've got lots of South American stuff in it, like animals and like um food and dishes and that sort of stuff they've got um native american like they, they 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 picked they picked stuff from like all over the planet that you kind of found in the stone age in those places and then made it sort of a little bit fantasy because there's also like you can turn into a bird later to solve puzzles and that sort of stuff so it's it's very loosely stone age inspired so um I can actually like I I can now suspend my disbelief and it's been really it's been it's been really it's not been amazing like I don't love the game but it's been very pleasant to play and chill with like it's 
Sure. It's you know it's 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 a good it's a good live sim. It's not early access, which is always important to say. Like it is a full featured game. You can finish it. You can play it through. It's got multiplayer, which is also always nice in these types of games. So you can play it together with friends. And um, the the thing that is a bit annoying is it, it, I feel it starts really slow. Like I, I don't know why it's 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 I can't even say why it feels slow. It just feels really slow at the start. Um, but now I I basically like I'm at that point where I just have loads and loads of things to do. Um, I think it's because tech progress is a little bit slow. Um, because like the way it works, because it's the Stone Age and you have like a tribe that you live with. The way what they did is there's obviously no monetary economy, right? Because that didn't exist at the time. So instead, you you still quote unquote ship your items, but you put them, you supply the tribe with them to like you know help out the tribe and make the tribe thrive and that sort of stuff. So you get like what's called contribution points, and the tribe gets progression points, and um, your tech advances is tied to the progression points people will get ideas and then you have to supply them with resources and then they will go and figure out stuff like animal husbandry and like breeding animals and all that sort of stuff like it's they they, they put they put nice like they put some thoughts into like a progression system into it it's not just like oh yeah you build a research bench and then you go to the research bench you drop off your items and then you go right like it is this game does definitely have some clever ideas and I really like it. It also has, unfortunately, one of the, in my opinion, worst fishing mini games I've ever seen in a game. It's so slow. Wow. It is very it, slow, but I thought it's very, pretty low very original and actually fun. No, I really didn't like it. It's really? so slow. It takes so long. Yeah, because so it's basically it's it's. Uh, have you ever played Osu? It's basically Osu, but slow, like really mm -hmm. slow and not tied to the music. But you basically have to like put your mouse cursor over the fish in a pond and then follow along the fish while you wait for a bar to fill up. And then sometimes it says yeah. move the move away because the fish has spotted you. And then you have to move your cursor off of the fish and then you have to wait for the uh, for the exclamation mark to go away. And then you move your cursor back on the fish and it's just oh, i don't know it feels so 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 slow i legit think stardew valley fishing is better than <gasps> roots of patra fishing and that is a lot Ooh. for me to say yes <laughs> wow that is a wow, bold okay. claim to make yes yeah. okay well let's go to the the flip side of this argument <laughs> yeah. kiri what did you actually like about this system okay i have never played a game with fishing like this before so for me it's is original i think it's really cool um, I, I, I play Cool Keeper as well. And I rage about Cool Keeper fishing because it's a rhythm game, but you have to remember that like every fish has a different rhythm and you don't know what fish it is until you've seen the rhythm. And that just annoyed me. So coming mm. from that to Roots of Patcher fishing was just really nice because you, you know, you chill, you fish. Also you fish with your hand, right? You don't have a fishing rod, or at least not in the beginning. So it kind of makes sense that you would hover your hand or your hand axe or whatever you use over the fish and just follow it along. And then when you're ready, you grab it. I think it just makes sense. Also, to I've played with a controller. So I've played on the Steam Deck as well. And, and you can even do it easily on the Steam Deck, maybe because it is so slow. 
but then you mm. you have the controller and you need to move with the controller and the cursor over the fish it works really well on a steam deck to be fair roots of patra is very very well optimized for controller play like it's yes. it's yes, mostly it optimized for controller play rather than mouse and keyboard um i will give you this this the fishing game is very chill it's not stressful at all yes um like that it really isn't stressful it's just it's just slow i think it's just too slow for me i think that's my problem like if it if it were like a hundred like like double the speed i think i would not mind it as much but it takes mm -hmm. so long to like just do one fish and then you have to do more because you need more and then it's like oh I get that. yeah it's, i think it's just that it's as slow maybe a bit faster as core keeper though because fishing core keeper takes ages Mm, that's true yeah yeah it does but, yeah to be, to be fair so i i've already gotten the next i i have got um so you don't get a fishing rod maybe later i don't know i have a fishing spear mm -hmm. which does speed the it speeds the game up a little bit and it makes certain fish have less oh. uh, it makes the bar smaller for them so it is a bit faster but it's still like just real slow <laughs> yeah but then you're kind of in the stone age so yeah yeah i don't know I, it's I get it. yeah yeah but no it's it's like it's like if you're looking for a for a for a slightly different life sim because it does also have like there's no combat in the game but there's like um puzzles there are there are um caves that have puzzles that you have to solve to like progress and get more resources and that sort of stuff i just for example unlocked a, a obsidian or obsidian tools and that sort of stuff so the progression is different and they've, they've definitely put some thoughts into it like it's not a bad game it's really not bad it's 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 not a 10 out of 10 but i mean i've played it for three days i streamed it for three days in a row so you know it's 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 good and if you enjoy live sim games like you will enjoy this because it's a different setting and that sort of stuff like yeah it's 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 a setting that's not really been explored before and the way stuff like as i said like the mechanic all works with the whole like um village contributions and that sort of stuff is also very different and um yeah, it's it's fun. And it's as I said, it's not early access. It's actually a finished yes. game, which nowadays you really I feel like you really need to call that out because so many of the live sims are just early access and it's like True. Yeah, you can play for about 5 5 hours and then you have to wait half a year for more content. Right? Yeah. So So yeah. the the game being version 1 and basically finished, but also the new setting makes it very appealing. Oh, the different setting. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, yeah, true. exactly. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And and yeah, that settles it. And you can have a mammoth <laughs> pet, which is pretty cool. I oh, have a nice. baby mammoth in my oh, house. That's, that's awesome. pretty neat. It's really cute, and it does a little like when you pet it. It like it like goes like up on its two hind legs, and then it just sits down and it does like a sit, and it's just really cute. <laughs> mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, yeah, it's really cute. Okay, well, I think the last game on our list here is another game that you've been playing, FG, which is Cassette Beasts. Yeah, yeah, it's always me with all of the games. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Cassette Beasts, uh, full disclosure, I was I played it because of a sponsored stream, and Cassette Beast is is actually really cool. So it's um, it came out last week, I want to say. Yeah, on the twenty, actually on the twenty sixth, so quite a while. It's um, it's a Raw Fury published game. It's by Bitten Studio originally, and it's a creature collecting game. So, and then you battle with your creatures, 
but not quite with the creatures because uh, the way it works. So you just wake up one morning, you're on this island. You have no idea how you got there. Um, and you meet this person and they're like, follow me, come to the town. And then you encounter a monster and then she's just like, here, have this Walkman because it's 80s inspired. And that's why it's cassettes because you record the beasts on cassettes, not on like Pokeballs or anything like that. <laughs> And then she's like, here, have this Walkman. And don't worry, this is totally normal. And then you just turn into the monster, which like of which the tape is in the in the Walkman. And then you do the battle. And it's like this really cool um, aesthetic because it's like a voxel-based world. So it's 3D top-down, but it's like, not top-down, like isometric view, but it's voxel-based. And then the sprites are 2D in this 3D voxel world. And um, yeah, it's, 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 Pokemon, but with cassettes, eighties inspired, really freaking banging music, um, and uh, some cosmic horror in there as well. Uh, I don't want to spoil. Oh, nice. I don't want to spoil like the the stuff, but it's like it looks like a sort of happy go lucky game, but it's not really because you're all stranded on this island. You all got there somehow from like different periods in time, and you're all just trying to get home but there's these I, I don't know it's 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 wild like it's really 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 good and the music is just ah oh, so good it's got this 80s vibes going on like 80s vibes going on and it's just really 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 cool and then obviously you can like um you know that your your creatures have obviously they have evolutions in the game they're called remasters though because it's tapes right and then it has this cool mechanic um where you you have one companion with you and you have quests with them and um the game is also quest based so you do have quests as well it's not just pokemon where you just like ro ro go through the world and you beat the gym leaders you have to do that too but there's also other quests and you have a companion with you and um what you can do if you fill your fusion meter you can actually fuse both of your monster forms together and make like this giant fusion monster and um you get like all the moves from both both beasts at that point in time and you like just do loads of damage it's just really cool it's like it's really 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 good and i mean like it has over a thousand overwhelmingly positive reviews by now so it's like it's really good it's it's really wow, good if, that's impressive yeah if you're looking for like an like an indie creature collecting pokemon digimon type game like definitely get cassette beasts it's really good with really good music and everything and it's like 17 pounds so it's not even that expensive and it's really 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 good and it's super pretty as well it does have a yeah i'm literally just looking at the steam page at the moment and i love the art style it's it's uh for the genre it's really nice i think it's a good blend and it works really nicely mm. this is this is not something that's been on my radar but it is now yeah it's really good like if, if you like like pokemon digimon i think you'll really, really enjoy this as well it does have a slight yeah. smooth cam when you're working in the walking in the overworld like it's not too pronounced smooth cam but there's a tiny bit of smooth cam um but it wasn't enough smooth cam to trigger my simulation sickness it's just something i noticed mm -hmm. good to know when walking around yeah so so that's a bit of a warning but i guess like if you play it on a deck i don't think it would you know if you if you have it like away from you on a smaller screen i don't think you would notice or yeah. on like um like a handheld thing 
but no, I really enjoyed it. And yes, it was sponsored, but like I had a great time with it. I played more with it, and um, uh, they did this really cool thing. And I don't know, it's like completely blindsided me because um, I was sponsored to play it. And then suddenly, um, I was like in the cafe in the game, and then there was like there's a special. They one of the NPCs I was talking to, she asked me, "What's your favorite animal or pet?" dogs cats ferrets and then i clicked on cats but i said otters and i got a special message in game saying oh yeah this is an interdimensional messenger from the studio and uh we have some utterly awesome prizes for you and then they just gave me like in-game like coffee which is like a restoration thing but like there was an otter joke in there ah, that's, so cool. <laughs> that's amazing and like i was like okay this is pretty cool <laughs> like that was like made mm-hmm. for me right that's awesome um, that's really cool it was just so perfectly timed as well because i said well i like all animals but if i need to choose otter and then it just popped up and it was just hilarious <laughs> no i really enjoyed that that was that was really fun awesome. i'm definitely going to play more of that as well i've got to give it a go it's, it's sitting in my library but i haven't gotten around mm, to it it's really good like the music is just oh it's, it's a vibe very good all right well i think that uh rounds out all of the games that we had to uh talk about this week um so i think it's time for another break and when we come back it'll be time for the news uh don't go anywhere we'll be back right after this Alrighty, welcome back to episode 68 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast with me, your host, Bloody Drongo, joined by FG Squared and 2D Kiri. And uh, we are here with all of the hottest news. And uh, boy, do we have some hot news uh, (laughs) this week, do we? We definitely do, yeah. Um, Definitely. We would never uh you know toot our own horns at all but obviously <laughs> the most important news this entire week gaming related is that uh last weekend uh our stream team halcyon frequency ran the dwarf fortress hot potato for charity raising money for doctors without borders we in the end had 21 streamers uh pass along a save file of dwarf fortress and the community absolutely smashed it especially blinds community like hats off holy smokes um we raised over thirty-two thousand, almost thirty-three thousand dollars for doctors without borders and like twelve thousand of that alone was blinds community and they they just knocked it out of the park and like hats off well done thank you again so much everybody for participating it was it was a blast and I had a great time. I got to kick it off. Uh, I was first up and uh, it was just, it was really interesting to see where the fault went over time because people did stuff that I would have never thought of doing. And yeah, it was just, it was just a pleasure as always. And, you know, obviously for a good cause, raising money and we raised so much money and we had like, um, you know, the, the publisher Kit Fox were, was like, uh, stepped in and and they had a segment and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff but we had like no front page this was all like community driven and then thirty three thousand dollars that's so much money and they can do so much good with it it's oh it's amazing i don't know it is a 
very cool, uh, very cool achievement. It was, I, I was a little bit nervous heading into the weekend, but I mean, everything came together perfectly. I don't think we had any, any major problems or any, uh, you know, huge, huge issues across the weekend. And yeah, I think we, I mean, $12,000 from Blinds Community alone was, um, just <laughs> absolutely mind-blowing plus a shout out to the videos that blind had for <laughs> oh the, my god yeah uh, the redemption the redemption milestones those were t- honestly 10 out of 10 oh my god like they were hilarious i've been like listening to the drinking industry remix like on repeat it's so good i such yes. a banger. it's such a banger oh my god it's uh gg fog fog did the remix for that and it's just oh so good mm. and then obviously cooler and fog did the animations for the videos and so clever and like so on the spot as well because it's like like one of them features like jess from her like during her turn mm. when she assigned him captain of the like she assigned blind like captain of the guard and that was like referenced in the video and everything it's just uh 10 out of 10 like honestly so so much effort spent and what a what a fantastic result honestly twelve thousand dollars that's that's incredible that's yeah definitely something to be proud of so gg blind and um thanks so much for spearheading that with us and and like you know setting up another event hopefully going forward we'll do like two potatoes a year one for Rimworld, one for dwarf fortress and just you know continue to raise money for for a wonderful cause um doctors without borders obviously if you've never heard of them um, they're a charity that provide medical care, medical assistance to people all over the world, um, regardless of their, you know, political affiliation, religious affiliation, um, gender, and etc. They just, you know, they they go where help is needed and they provide said medical help. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a great cause to support, and um, it's always really humbling to do these events and then like seeing people come together from all over the world and just raising like crazy amounts of money like this so gg everybody thanks for participating i'm looking forward to the next one absolutely yeah me too me too i i had a lot of fun during my turn i did nothing but draw (laughs) was amazing oh my god it's so funny i love i love that that's your thing now your community (laughs) pays you to not do anything it's great on stream it's, it's fantastic it's yeah so be it yeah yeah that's that's your content now just not doing anything but i don't know it was it was so funny and just all the drawings and like seeing like the finished picture with all of them in the end uh mm. it's great i've always wanted to do like a, a collage thing almost like a, a where's wally or where's waldo mm-hmm um sort of collection of images and that was like that was like my my prime uh, opportunity as soon as i saw them all on the page just blank i was just like okay i know exactly what i'm doing with all of these nice That's yeah so no, creative. it's, it's, it's so it looks great yeah it looks really great well done no honestly so I'll, I'll give a shout out as well to my community because yeah we raised uh, i think on my turn we did 1600 dollars, nice. which um i'm very proud of so thank you uh anybody from my community yeah thank this. you my community um, as well you obviously amazing. thank you so much yeah um i'm i was really honored that i got to kick it off was I, like I was, I was surprisingly nervous to kick it off for some reason. I don't know. Even though I didn't even have front page, I don't know why. I know the feeling. <laughs> it's so weird because I was like, "What if nobody donates?" Yeah, yeah. 
uh, and then people started like donating like the day before and that sort of stuff and i think we hit like almost 2.2k which is fantastic amazing for wow. uh for dwarf fortress and yeah i don't know it's it's great and uh we managed to beat the first hot potato the remote hot potato by like what twelve thousand dollars or something like that so yeah. you know dwarf fortress did potato, we actually i actually hadn't thought about yeah, that yeah dwarf fortress potato will just grow from here on out i think and yeah something to look forward to next year right. i suppose it was great it was great to watch absolutely because i wasn't part of it because I, I don't know i'm not i'm not that interested in dwarf fortress like it's it's too hard for me, honestly. It's just, I don't want it. It's too hard. Um, but it was great to watch and then see what everybody does with it. I, I just love the concept of the hot potato, be that Rimworld or Dwarf Fortress, mm -hmm. just watching that save file evolve and grow and change and then stuff happens and one person, I don't know, like, I think it was Bellinair opening that volcano, right? Oh my god! At yeah, least trying the volcano. to fix it then, but then he didn't have enough time, <laughs> yeah. so he handed it over to somebody not as experienced in Dwarf Fortress. But it still worked out, and that that is so cool. It's it's a great event, and it's fun to watch. and And thank you everybody for participating and and helping and donating. And it was a blast. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was. It's always it's always so amazing and humbling to like be part of this and see like what can be done if like everybody comes together and it's just yeah it was great yeah. again maybe next year kiri you could take part but just go down the drongo meta of <laughs> finding incentives to right. get the community and to not play the game so you don't I have to play i just pretend i know how to play dual fortress and exactly. hope that yeah. i raise enough money that so i don't have to play <laughs> yeah sounds good although <laughs> if chat finds out then they won't donate so that i will play and mess it up so mm, you just have to yeah, fake oh, yeah. it. Got to keep that one under your cap. Yeah. True, true. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> well, mm. yeah. No, I'll I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, enough uh, patting ourselves on the back. Uh, let's talk about some other news that has been going on in the world of gaming and I guess streaming as well. Uh, the first article we have here is that Pokemon Go has reached its lowest monthly profit ever um which is perhaps an indication of the um i guess the popularity and the relevancy of the game at the moment um, i'm not sure what you two make of this but perhaps it is you know starting to wane a little bit in the public uh public mind i'm honestly a little bit pressed that it's been going on for so long like i played pokemon go at the start mm. but i dropped off very quickly same i never even played yeah because I, I lived in the like when it, it started um living in the middle of nowhere there was nothing to do like i loaded it mm. up there was mm -hmm. one pokestop yeah where i lived that was it like within walking distance so <laughs> i was like i was like all right yeah, that's, this is a game that for people that live in big cities and then i was just like okay i'm gonna uninstall it <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's really interesting for me, like being in a you know a somewhat smaller of a town. Um, even then, like at the peak of its popularity, right at the part uh, at the at the start, because it's a fairly small town, there was only like a few areas that had like lots of like poker stops and stuff. So there was literally hundreds of people uh in in these like central oh, locations yeah. all playing together and it was kind of a surreal experience but the scariest thing about it all in my mind is the fact that that was five years ago 
Like, it does not feel that long ago. It is terrifying to me that that was somehow five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're getting older. Also, to be fair, like, um, we have to, we have to, I feel like um, we have to put the this article a bit into, um, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Um, perspective, that's the word. We have to get a perspective on it. So, so Pokemon Go has had its lowest monthly revenue in april it was still 34.7 million dollars <laughs> right uh, yeah that's, right that's yeah. still a lot of money for the years it's not it's not bad and it is it is still the 12th highest grossing mobile game worldwide like for the month oh right yeah i i sometimes wonder with a game like uh pokemon go what the uh, actual overheads of keeping it running are. I have no idea. Um, That's a good question. I assume it's still, it's got to be profitable, but I do mm. wonder at what point it does kind of reach that point where they go, okay, enough's enough. And to be fair, it has, I think as Kiri briefly mentioned, it's, in my mind, it has lasted longer than I actually expected mm, it yeah. did. Because in my mind, like that was just like a, you know, I think it was like a two week fad and then it kind of dropped off. And I'm still kind of a little bit low key surprised when I speak to people. And there's still a lot of people actually, you know, I know that fairly religiously play mm. it. And Same. that always kind of surprises me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. People are still into that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And there's events still and people go to those and that sort of stuff. Definitely. Um, mm. I, I think it's also kind of like, singular because none of the other go games really i feel like ever reached this popularity level no but i guess it also makes you know it's pokemon so that 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 helps i would uh i would say um but yeah i it is it is definitely surprising that it's it's still so popular and that sort of stuff maybe maybe it's not really like like the money going down it's might be not really like an indicator of the popularity waning but more of people not spending as much money because you know everybody's had to tighten their belt a little bit and um i guess mobile game transactions is one of those things that you can you know relatively easily like you're spending on a little bit as well maybe that is also that probably also has an influence on the on the revenue i'd say definitely um yeah that's actually right. a very good point yeah you're, you're probably right that there is an indication of people you know spending less on discretionary items like mobile games you can you can um, pay yeah. you can play pokemon go quite well without spending loads of money i think right like i think you can you yeah. can do it relatively successfully because there's no gacha stuff really that much in Pokemon Go, right? Because you don't have to like roll for, you know, good Pokemon. You just, I guess you have to maybe, I, I don't know, I've never played it. I guess you have to like buy the, I don't know, do you have to buy the special Pokeballs or do you get them for free as well? I suppose you get them for free, but you can probably buy them, right? I don't actually know. Uh, It's been a while. I think the, the transaction stuff is for... uh leveling up your pokemon for battles and i think you can get pokeballs as well yeah, okay gotcha. um, but it, it has been a very like it's mm. been four plus years for me so I'm, my memory is perhaps a little bit hazy and it has more than likely changed in terms of its monetization because i think mm. in the article it does mention something around uh uh, uh raid passes and that definitely wasn't a thing when I was playing last, so I'm not even sure how that aspect works, to be honest. Mm. Gotcha. Apparently last year, 
like that's uh, just just the last line of the article that uh pokemon go hit six billion dollars in lifetime spending in 2022 that is like unfathomable amounts of money that's crazy six billion dollars jesus christ is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh that is a lot of money that was definitely a, a hit for them oh yeah absolutely I yeah i it. think so yeah <laughs> all right well uh something that is a hit for me is that twitch is actually revisiting how it uh or or changing up entirely and bringing in some new infrastructure for how uh branded content is displayed on twitch and also in line with that bringing in some requirements for creators uh that they will need to ensure that they are disclosing paid promotions and uh, sponsorships and, you know, that kind of thing, Um, which I think is a great step in the right direction because this is pretty normal on just about every other platform that I can think of, like Instagram, Twitter. uh, Or does Twitter have it? I actually don't know. know. Maybe maybe Mm. not Twitter, but YouTube certainly does. Um, And Instagram is another one that comes to mind. So... um, I think Twitch is a little bit behind the uh, behind the curve on this one, but mm. better late than never. That for is sure. true. Yes. Yeah, I I think it's good too. Um, and like it's it's really um. I, so I I have it on because I have an ongoing sponsorship, obviously. So I have to like I I just you know turn it on because why not? You know, it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously it doesn't it doesn't absolve you of your local guidelines so you still have to check those correct like um according to uk law i still have to put it into my title and stuff um like Mm -hmm. i can't just stop doing that so it's not it's not a fixer for like not having to put it into your title or anything like that like check your local laws because um in the uk like just disclosing it with like an overlay like that would not be it's not enough um it it's it's really it's there it's it's really small it's not very noticeable and it only pops up for five seconds when you first open a stream and then it's gone so most people mm. won't even notice it i think but you know it's it's good to have it like to, for it to be there definitely um i think i think i think the the major benefit that it has um because you know twitch is obviously a very much a international platform it does provide a one unifying identifying factor Mm. and one thing that viewers can easily identify regardless of what country it is because i mean obviously not everywhere is as i I think as stringent as the uk in terms of disclosure about advertising Mm. and sponsorships and stuff where you have to you know i think they even have restrictions right around the 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 positioning of the advert in the thing like you have to have ad at the start of the title Mm. as opposed to further back and stuff like that um other countries aren't as restrictive around that so it makes it uh, even if it is you know somewhat unintrusive which i think that it should be it does give a unifying label platform wide for users to become accustomed to and know what to look out for yep yep i mean i so as as, as i said I, I i agree with you and i think it's good and um it yeah for people like if, if people are worried maybe it like it'll hinder, hinder their viewing experience most people yesterday didn't even notice i had it on because <laughs> it's so it, it's yeah. over so quickly a hundred percent um so no but i think it's i think it's good too and it'll also um yeah, uh, I I think it's good. I wonder if it gets like mm, I wonder how it ties into doing like bounties. If it turns on automatically if you're doing a bounty, 
Because I suppose technically... That's a great question. Probably not, I would have said. Probably not because it's Twitch, but it definitely should. Yeah, it should, but... Um. Yeah, <laughs> it should, but it might not. Because the not. funny thing is, like, when, when I do a bounty nowadays, right, because it puts hashtag sponsored at the start, that's actually technically not enough. Because sponsored is not, according to UK guidelines, enough to disclose that you're getting paid to play it. Like you have to put ad. Correct, yeah. So and I but so I'd have to put like hashtag sponsored, hashtag ad. It's like really stupid. Mm. Uh, I wonder. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, no, it's well, it's good. I think it's the right direction because there the problem is the problem is that there's a lot of people who don't disclose their stuff. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if this is gonna fix that, but I don't know. We'll no, but it does give a uh, it, I think it also does give a uh, terms of service path of recourse for True. Twitch to take action mm -hmm. against yeah. uh, users who aren't following those guidelines mm. because it would be really hard for Twitch, I think, to make a legal distinction based off of you know, a user from you know the UK or Brazil or something mm. like that and being like, okay, they're clearly doing the wrong thing here. Creating an on-platform way that it needs to be identified and disclosed gives them a recourse to be able to you know, take action against those people without getting into the murky, um, the murky depths of you know making a legal distinction mm. um, of being at fault or something like that. Which I think is again another good thing. Um, obviously, it is self-reporting at the moment, and there is more than likely still going to people be people that do the wrong thing. But I guess no system really is ever going to be perfect in that respect. Mm. Yeah, but no. Yeah. But yeah. So now step in the right direction. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now streamers have the, the that box to tick on the dashboard, and Twitch is going to start enforcing it mm -hmm. with July first. So there's a bit yep. of adjustment time, and yep. and then we'll see. Was it thirty? Was it July first? Yeah, or was it, the first. Uh, oh yeah, July so 1st, July first. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. All right. Well, I think that actually brings us to the end of the episode, unless there was any I, other news. I added news. something really oh, quickly. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Carrie added something that we completely I forgot. I just saw that then as I tabbed back to the document. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I added something because that, that... Good That is actually well. news. That, that is actually really important. It is important, news. It's yeah. from yesterday. So Discord is changing how, oh, like what usernames are. Because right now you've got your username, mm -hmm. hash, and then a number. Um. Yep. And they want to change it to the at system to unique names without the mandatory numbers at yep. the end. And the way they do this is uh, old accounts get to do that first and they're going to roll that out over the next weeks. So in the Discord app, you will get notifications saying, hey, you now are eligible to change your username, do it. And then they guide you through the process. You can have letters and numbers. Uh, was it hyphens, underscores and... Point. I think hyphens and underscores and that's it, I think. I think yeah, like but, a, and you also a period have a as well. restriction on the number of hyphen and underscores. But yeah, no hyphen, but underscore and period is allowed. Mm. Um so they've they've got a uh support help article here explaining everything. And yeah, so if you have an old account, you get to pick first. I think that's gonna screw over so many. Oh, people. Yes. It's oh, like, God. we've got fairly unique names, right? But it's still, mm. I don't know, like this is low-key making me anxious that I don't get my name. 
yeah and, and yes oh, yeah. people squat on names as well exactly exactly but then they have to basically give up their discord account for it yeah, so and i uh, mean i guess the 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 good thing about the rollout being already decided from point origination of the actual account means that there's not going to be people going out there making new accounts to sit yeah, on names or if they are they're low chance that they'll actually get you know really important ones unless you're not checking discord yeah I or you're yeah. i mean i i don't know like i i i think most people have been on this have had a discord account for a very long time in terms of like really yeah. big streamers that i know um smaller creators obviously not so much but um i'm fairly lucky my discord account is old mine's from 2015 yeah. so i should oh, wow. be one of the firsts i hope is there is there a way to you check? just click your name and your profile on your profile yeah on your profile yeah mine's from i've been at discord oh. late 2017 october 11th 2015 been on discord oh, yeah, for a long you're time. gonna be fine then whereabouts yeah. on your profile just click on it it's right right it's at uh, the member sense member sense yeah, yeah. oh don't no, i click on oh yeah, okay right, right july 2016 well, there you go that's yeah, also pretty you're pretty just late, gonna yeah. tell me then when when i'm about to get my notification <laughs> okay all right. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you in the loop don't <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's, i guess it's hard to implement that on a service that's been available for years already yeah it's it's hard this would have to be an absolute yeah. logistical nightmare yes. so i mean from a realistic standpoint this is a good change because it does make it a lot safer on platform and a lot mm. more difficult for people to impersonate other people mm. yeah which is a huge problem yes and the just the the massive amount of illegal and illicit activity on discord is just unfathomable and it's also mm. unmanageable for them and they obviously um you know view this as a massive risk to their business uh, as it rightly should be um so i think this will hopefully represent a a pretty major change to making the platform a little bit more secure mm. and hopefully will be followed up by some other changes as well probably to do with the origination and creation of servers and also the transfer of ownerships of accounts and also servers as well that will help to make the platform uh, a lot more safe uh, in general for people yeah because discord spam and like oh mm -hmm. that's it's been it's been real bad right so yeah. like for years at mm -hmm. this point so because you can just make an account oh, yeah. and then you just change one number and then you can make it look like you you make the account you make it look exactly like the other account and the only thing you change is one number and yeah people won't notice that and yeah it's it's been like we all know people whose accounts have gotten you know compromised um yeah I mean, I'm one of them. Yeah. Like I was, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, in early 2022, um, I was the victim of a, um, a socially engineered scheme whereby a, uh, a game developer friend of mine, uh, somebody who I speak to fairly frequently, uh, had his account compromised and the individuals behind this, um, you know, set up a website that looked very much like his, basically duplicated everything on the website, the download for the game that's through it, and um, basically messaged me 
were able to copy a lot of his mannerisms and stuff like that and they were able to look through the messages and see hey okay this person does actually ask people occasionally to check out the new beta branch of the game and will issue them with a password to access it and stuff like that and they set all of this stuff up within discord and then on this third party site as well um to be able to basically in my mind just not get me to pause and you know stop to ask the mm. the difficult question or the the obvious question of should i be downloading this mm. um and there was just ne never enough alarm bells going off because of everything looked right the website looked as the same as normal uh, it was the same mannerisms it was the same you know same procedure that i had done previously and you know down to the fact that the they sent me a password like if ironically if the uh, hackers hadn't given me a password I wouldn't have been able to download the malware <laughs> so it's like another little thing there and like even in within the download folders uh, all of the game files were exactly the same like they actually went to the trouble of ripping that as well and the only thing they swapped out was the exe and as soon as I launched the exe I lost my discord I lost everything on my pc um the malware itself was like a rootkit virus so it wasn't able to be wiped off the hard drive with a standard you know uh reboot and cleanse oh. and stuff and um if it hadn't been for two-factor authentication on all of my emails and stuff like that i likely would have lost that and then at that point you know everything is compromised like financially and everything like that which is just Oof. awful to think about i'm very glad that didn't happen but Luckily, eventually, I was—I lost my Discord server within that. Uh, but luckily, I did get my account back fairly quickly because I was able to get in contact with one of their Discord trust and safety members. And I got my account back early and the hackers were still using it to basically leverage and use it to broker other deals and stuff like that and within discord itself there's whole networks of servers that are set up um for example uh they have a uh, a setup and a server to vet people that want to buy malware um then they have like a brokerage server where people can go in and uh purchase the purchase the malware itself to basically you know as the hinge for these um hacking attempts and then you know if they for example a lot of these people come from like third world countries if they can't afford the purchase price of the malware they have networking areas where they can network with other people that maybe want to share the cost of starting up to buy this malware in the first place and then they have other servers that are all dedicated to actually selling um, all of the information and data that they're stealing from people's discord accounts people's emails uh, financial information identities things like that it all gets bought and sold through discord servers and um, a lot of it is facilitated and even the malware itself is in part a discord bot so everything that gets pulled out of discord um, is immediately populated into discord so even if you're compromised for just a few moments they get everything um so it i cannot emphasize enough just that how scary of a place discord is if you went once you get under the under the hood of everything because it is just a it is a mess it is a real mess so anything to improve the safety on the platform is a great thing in my yeah. opinion yeah agreed 100 percent. because it's it's like especially for us it's it's not just that like it's like you know 
normal people use Discord to hang out with people. For us, it's like part of the job. So just making that all more secure is just really important. And absolutely, yeah. And no, it's great that we're going. I mean, this, this all happened like I think a month and a half after I'd made the decision to go full time. So I was bricking Ugh. it. I was absolutely bricking it because I lost so much work. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm not even going to be able to stream. What have I done to myself? It was it was stress. So save yourself stress. Yeah. Be safe yeah. out there. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, on that slightly sobering note, um, <laughs> has Kiri added any more news articles onto the documents? <laughs> no, no, I no? haven't. I was good. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, I think that'll round out this episode of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. FG Squared, why don't you tell everybody about who they've been listening to and uh, where they can find you? Yeah, I'm FG Squared. I go by FG, basically, and uh, you can find me everywhere, Twitch, YouTube, etc., etc. Easiest way to find all the links is, though, to just head on over to fgsquared.tv. Beautiful. And uh, 2D Kiri, who are you and where can people find you on the internet? I'm 2D Kiri or Kiri and I stream strategy and indie games on Twitch and easiest way to find my stuff is on 2dkiri.com. Wonderful. And I have been your host, Bloody Drongo. You can find me on Twitch as uh, Bloody Drongo. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, one word. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter as well as at the Bloody Drongo. And uh, as for this podcast, if you want to get any more episodes, you can go to halcyonfrequency.com or to any podcast platform. And if it's not on that platform, let us know and we will get it on there as soon as we can. Uh, there is new episodes every Sunday. And if you want to talk about this episode, you can also join the Halcyon Frequency Discord. And of course, as always, a quick thank you to Peter Paul and Paul Miles for the music for this podcast, which you're currently hearing. This has been the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Signing off. <laughs> <laughs>